This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer, and I'm Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So, Dave so what? Sh- you know what? <laughs> I don't appreciate you cutting me off. We're keeping it in. Um, so Dave Chappelle has a new stand-up special and lots of people are accusing him of homophobia and transphobia. Um, and so, you know, just in, in summer, kind of boiled down in his new special, some of the things he says, he calls himself a turf, which is a trans ex- excluding radical feminist. Uh, he defends That's JK Jake Rowling. Rowling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she tr- over being she that. canceled. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He defends JK Rowling's over being canceled. He says gender is a fact and then goes on to explain it's a fact because child, just because of childbirth. Uh, he accuses the gay community of punching down on the black community by canceling baby Kevin Hart and himself. He talks about a gay person calling the police on him in Texas once. And he also talks about fighting a quote, butch lesbian and beating <laughs> her up, I guess, which is oh, very, so very strange. Did you, um, you watch it? No, I, 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 you know, I, I actually, uh, I've, I've always thought he's a little overrated and I've just never been, I had friends who loved Dave Chappelle in high school so much yeah, same. and they yeah. watched like that big special that he did like over and over again. And I just, even that one, I was like, ah, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Did you care yeah. about him? I'm just, just, I mean, this is a tangent, but did you care about Chappelle's show at all? The, yeah. the sketch show? I also didn't watch Chappelle's show, uh, and my I know my like my brother loved it, and like Everyone obviously a loved ton it. of people loved it. But oh, I, I think I, it was groundbreaking. One I never got it was into definitely. It, yeah. a, I think it was a groundbreaking show. There was nothing else really like it. Singular thing. There was group shows. There was in Living Color. There were other shows that sort of, you know, showed uh, the black experience in that kind of way. But there was never like someone who really took over the mantle of Richard Pryor or mm. like, and he really sort of did that and it was something that yeah. i think was really needed at the time yeah and now it's I needed now got, too. like it, i never i thought i thought it was great i just never like got into it into it yeah. but yeah i i also i mean i think he's a, a great stand-up comedian i just I, I, but like you I, I, it's never been like my thing yeah. but boy if i were ever going to watch a, a special this would not be it i was i was like i mean again in people are talking about it <clears throat> in the gay community a lot because mm-hmm. he really I mean, he really goes out of his way to talk about trans people a lot, like gay people and queer people. In every single special. It's so weird. Like that to me, ultimately, it's like, yeah, it's definitely problematic across the board to do that. And we can talk about like cancel culture and stuff like that in a second. I just, I just truly without criticizing his comedy at all, I'm just like, dude, why are you so hung up? on doing material about trans people. It is, so, it baffles yeah. my mind. Well, I, even, I genuinely understand it. Even besides that, like, I feel like whenever you go down that road, there's sort of a level of like, you know, like what he's doing is wrong. Like it just fundamentally is wrong. He is wrong. He is wrong by by the uh, a, a psychiatric association, whatever the association called identifying trans people and what gender identity is as in terms of how mentally where we process it. He is wrong fundamentally about gender. 
And so in considering that, he's taking an intentionally militant, and I don't think he's homophobic. I really don't. I don't think he I hates don't gay think he, people. That's the thing. I don't, I don't think, think he hates so queer either. people, or I don't think he even hates trans people, to be honest. I I do think he has a, he's ignorant and has a warped understanding of what gender yeah. is. And he, because he, he falls into a, a trope of stand-up comedy that I fucking hate on, on, a, on such a level that I think is what's killing comedy in a lot of ways is these comics who like, are like, I, no one's going to tell me what I can say. No one's going to tell me what I can do. You, can, you can't cancel me. And they're so hung up on not being canceled that they refuse to evolve. They refuse to understand that it's not about your comedy being canceled, dude, or someone telling you what you can and can joke about. It's about society evolving and understanding that we're di the differences among us and that maybe the things that you thought or that we thought or the things that we said 10 years ago probably isn't appropriate anymore. And it's like, you know, it, he refuses to give up on that. It, it's an interesting point. And I, I hear, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. Um, and it, 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 it's almost kind of plays into, you know, my own suspicion. And I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm right or wrong about this, which is, I don't think cancel culture enacts change, uh, impacts change at all. Uh, I think, in fact, it does the opposite. I think it entrenches people. And you tell, when you tell someone that they're wrong and that they're a monster and they're an asshole, uh, and you say, well, we're, I'm, and I'm going to punish you for being wrong, uh, then people are just inclined to be like, well, fuck off. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep, yep. doing I mean, I, I fucking do it with like little things online or like little moments when like someone's like, um, excuse me. And all of a sudden you're like, well, no, fuck you. And who the fuck are you to tell me what's right and wrong and, and all that shit. Does, I don't I mean, think that's, I don't think the cancel culture is necessarily part of this. And like, they had this big, he had this big premiere at the Hollywood bowl where he had like, Lizzo and Brad Pitt and Stevie Wonder and all these people be just praising him as the greatest comedian ever and all these things, even though all of this news about what he was talking about and the anti-trans messages that he had on his, in his special was all out there, very out there and apparent and everyone knew it. And yet all these celebrities are out there being like, yay, Dave Chappelle. And it's like, you can still appreciate the man's comedy and what he has done and his ability as a comedian, because he is a very good comedian, but also be like, but dude, you're wrong about this. You need to like step up and recognize maybe. And, and hey, if you're not going to step up and recognize it, well, then it's up to corporate companies to be like, well, then we're not going to pay this dude to come well, back and do another special or we're not going to pay tickets to go see him live or whatever it is. Well, Glad actually put out a release pushing Netflix to pull the show, pull the special. And I was like, I mean, honestly, I agree with you. I'm like, I don't think he's homophobic. That's what's, it's sort of, it's a little nuanced, which is why it's kind of confusing because I don't think he's a bad person or necessarily even homophobic. I just think he's, like you said, he's warped. It's, it's just, but my thing is, even if he's not homophobic, I just don't understand the hyper-focus on talking about trans people's bodies and gender because it's attention that, it's all about attention he knows literally he's done this every fucking special and i think and I, I i mean i don't know i don't know if this is true or not but i i don't know what the viewing rate of his shows are but if he's continuing to talk about something it's not because he wants to be with a trans person or he's gay in any way it's because it gets him attention and i, 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 I I hear you. I, I think I would take, I, and again, this is my own self-fulfilling. <laughs> I always think I'm right, but I would take the opposite, which is, I think it's, for, I think it's for power. You know, he's this legendary comedian that everyone likes. And for the first time he has people pushing back on him and he's saying, no, uh, I'm going to say whatever I want to say. And that's, that's why and I that's think he the problem. And that mm -hmm. to me is the problem is that, and it's the same thing with Trump. It literally, it is exactly the same thing with like the Trumpian politics too, that, Marjorie is, Taylor Green. Exactly. They're above consequence because they can say whatever they want. It's freedom of speech. And it's like, well, you're right. You can say whatever you want. But then these corporate companies and me as a person who's buying tickets and buying content can be like, well, no, you don't deserve this. And I'm going to make sure that the company that I'm paying a monthly service for knows that I don't think this should be on that platform. And that's not cancel culture. That's consequence culture. That is consequences for your actions. And he is directly doing something because of power and it is up to people to call him out and take away that power. You know what I mean? I like what 
Sonny Hostin on The View calls it accountability culture, yeah. which I always appreciate because it's like, it's not necessarily the, the, the desire to cancel these people. And I mean, yes, obviously a lot of people, especially online mobs are like, wipe them out, make sure they're gone forever, which I don't think is going to do any it's not healthy. It's not good. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's good, but I feel like just making somebody accountable, even if they are, like Brent says, going to dig in their heels and be an asshole about it. Again, it's it's just like dude, I, I, all of that being said, I actually do think that it's a that it's a I don't I don't see it as a power grab. I see it as because this is a man who could he's a comedian who can literally talk about whatever he wants. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's that it's that's and he's so talented he that he could talk material. about anything and it would be funny. He doesn't need to and talk about this. And that's why I find it. That's why. I find it bizarre and I don't necessarily think it's a power grab. I think some, I just think it's, I don't know what it is. And, and, you know, also, what it, skin does just, he have in the game either? It's sort of like, that's why it's so odd. This has me. nothing to do with you. If you are not a queer person, if you don't have a trans person in your life, if it doesn't impact you in a direct way, sure. You're a comedian. You can talk about anything, but like comedy comes from truth. And what truth do you even know about this? Well, maybe this is his way of coming out as trans, you son of a bitch. (laughs) We don't know. That would be a goop. Not even joking. We are joined today by um, someone who basically worked on The Bodyguard. We just had this discussion, (laughs) and now I'm going to attribute the film The Bodyguard to him. Dylan Maron. Hello, Dylan. Hi. No relation to Whitney's character in The Bodyguard. That's actually the opposite of what we're trying to push here. I am related (laughs) to the fictional character that Whitney Houston played in The Bodyguard and do not tolerate any um, counter narrative. Do you really think that. that knife? Do you really think that sword could cut that scarf? I don't think so. Oh my God, thank you for bringing that up. I So here's the truly embarrassing thing. I thought I knew the Bodyguard movie well. Yeah. What can you tell me what scene you're referring to? Oh my God, <laughs> Dylan. I you clearly cannot, you cannot when pronouncing your name, you cannot call out a bodyguard reference without knowing the pivotal scene. No, I'm where, guessing Alan where, made it up. Where, no, I'm not where Whitney Houston goes to she's finally going over to Kevin Costner's place for the first time. It's uh-huh, their first uh-huh, date. Uh-huh, they just uh-huh, had the uh-huh, I Will Always uh-huh, Love You Dolly uh-huh, version uh-huh, at the bar uh-huh, moment. Uh-huh. And she takes off her scarf and she throws it in the air. And he takes the sword oh, and it falls on it. Yeah, and that's yeah, when yeah. they make love. That's the first time they get it oh, wrong. Right. Yeah. Okay. So strange. that is a deep cut from the movie. I would Thank say you. like my mind <laughs> is committed to the opening shot in her mansion in LA because that was oh, my first exposure yeah. to the yeah. industry. And I was like, well, yeah. that sounds great. And then yeah. uh, and then obviously the scenes with the sister. I'm not going to say yes. anything else. Oh, scenes crap. in the well, snow, spoilers, running yeah. in the snow, cabin. Oh. Oh, the snow with the white old man who's like, you have to go mm. after him. And yes. Grandpa. Oh, and God, every so good. and every music scene. So that's what has um, mm. stays mm-hmm. in this hard drive, and the rest I've kind of uh, yeah. let go of, and I can't wait to wow. uh, refill it with all those scenes. I love mm. this. You know, Brent and Elliot are also on this podcast, but we could probably do. This no, it's- yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you need us, Alan. <laughs> Dylan, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. This is so fun. You're like a full multi yeah. like you do so many things. Wow. I am honored. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What if I just received wow. it like that? Wow. Okay, next question. Mm. Um, wow. Oh, I just demand adoration. Yeah, I'm I'm honored that you say that. I feel um I, I was actually just having this conversation recently that I trip up when someone asks me what I do yeah. um, because I feel like I wish I had like one title that I could say and I could just be like, I do this done great. Whereas I yeah. feel like the way I've um, constructed my career is I kind of just go to whatever medium the next mm-hmm. idea takes me to, right. which robs, I, I suppose that's really fun and cool but I also think that from the inside, you're just like, I just want one singular artistic identity. Right. Um, yeah. So, or yeah. or you could do what I do and lie and just say you're in publishing because no one ever asks any follow-ups. I love that. Yeah. Is that are, what you do? Are we watching? You say that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, are we watching so- the other two? Oh, I am. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Love and the yes. wonderful uh, pass where um, 
of what I, I think in one of the later episodes when everyone lies about what they do in LA um, so that yeah. they don't <laughs> have to have yeah, the conversation. Don't have to have well, it's kind of, off. I feel yeah. that a lot too when people ask me, especially people who don't live in LA who aren't in entertainment or New York or LA, where I don't really know how to say what I do. Yes. I'm a writer comedian, sure. Totally. But mm -hmm. I also do drag and yes. I also do like serious journalistic writing stuff as well. Yeah. So it's sort of like this weird combination of shit that I'm just like, I pay my rent. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. I, I pay my rent. I live. I live. Yeah. And you take it. But no, I really respect that because when you don't, there is a lot of pressure. And I mean, maybe you felt this too early on in your career where, you know, you do a lot of many great things. You're a writer, you do, you're, you do theater, you're a you're comedian. I mean, would you call yourself even a, like you do stand up? No, that, I, no? I don't really do stand up. I think that's the hardest part because like when I bill myself as a comedian, I'm like, everyone's like, oh my God, he's so serious. You know, whereas like when I go give a college lecture <laughs> and it's funny, people are like, oh my God, this is funny yeah. and engaging. So Your yeah. podcast is, and Cop has some forthcoming book, Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Yeah. It is funny. Well, it is very I, funny. I really, appreciate that i think the premise is itself prop you know like it comedic mm, um sure. but I, you know you listen to it and you're like you know some of the conversations are like there's a no. violin yes. playing in the background <laughs> yeah. so i yeah. i've actually um I, this is the stuff i talk about in therapy but why not share it with you all today yeah. too but i think yeah. i think um Comedy is such an attractive world to belong to mm. just because yeah. it's like mm -hmm. one word. It's like there's a sexiness about it, even though we all know it's, it's very hip. It's, it's cool. hip. It's cool. Mm -hmm. But I think like yeah. my work has kind of taken me away from or, or conversations with people who hate me has like taken me away from comedy. And yet now I'm, you know doing some TV writing. So it, it kind of, there's a bit of a, um, uh, an identity crisis in terms of mm. art form, I yeah. suppose. So, so let, but let's talk about your podcast because I wasn't, I, I wasn't aware of it before uh, these guys sent it to me great. and I, 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 and I rarely do this, but I read just the title. I'm like, that's such a great idea. Oh so God. tell us about that and yeah. tell us about the process and everything. So uh, the quickest way I can say it is that in 2016, 2017, I was making a lot of very um, political videos uh, from, from my perspective, which is to say socially progressive, uh, mm -hmm. short satirical videos, interview videos. And um, these videos were doing really well. And the important uh, detail is that they were doing really well on Facebook. You know, that one year where Facebook was yeah. like video, we are the video place. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> it was, we love it. For me, um, it was just, it was just mostly like videos about making like turduckins or like weird cakes. I would never make in a million years. 1000% yeah. Yeah. the bird's eye view tasty videos. So I was making yeah, those right. videos for um, this uh, corporate funded uh, digital television studio called seriously.tv which i really loved and i got to make a lot of work and as a formerly independent creator it was just so nice to like have a studio and have a group of people who i was working with anyway this is all to say that the videos really took off and yeah. they took off on facebook and because it was you know you could argue the beginning of the era that we're in now of like hyper political division in digital spaces. Right. I was getting a ton. The more popular the videos became, the more hate I was getting. The yeah. reason I share the detail of Facebook is that unlike YouTube or Twitter, on Facebook, when you're getting a message from someone, 90% of the time, it's from their actual profile. So you right. are getting you're getting a message that calls you a faggot, a piece of shit, a moron, you know, a hack, a right. beta male, and then you click on the right. profile picture of the person a who sends beta it, male? a beta male. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I i don't wow. even register, well, I, I don't think I'm a beta male even. I think we're gamma or zeta or f further <laughs> yeah. down the list. Yeah. Um, but- By um, the way, I've called, I've called Alan all of those things. Yes, 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 anyway, yes. and that's yeah. what matters. He actually, yeah. He starts every single day. With <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Further yeah, down the list. Yes. Yeah. No, it's that's his, great. It's his morning meditation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We we go love ahead. the morning meditation, and and thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but I would, so in getting these messages and comments, I could click on their profile picture or their name yeah. because that's a hyperlink, and then I'm just there on their page seeing 
all of these pictures of their lives mm -hmm. and yeah. posts that they wrote that they weren't necessarily to an audience, but they are public because it's a public platform. Right. right. And I was basically like developed a coping mechanism where I was constructing these fictional backstories for them because I was like, yeah. I just need to know that they're human beings. It's scarier to me if they're these anonymous people who hate me. I need to construct yeah. these full three-dimensional things. One thing leads to another. Um, and of course, just to be clear, my first instinct was not to have conversations with them. My first instinct was <laughs> right. take a screenshot of it, make fun of their typos. You know, yeah, you need get to get fired, right? Yeah. Right. Or right. and you need get to get that power, however you can, because right. it feels so um, degrading to get right. that torrent of negativity. And then one thing leads to another, and I I make a video where I scroll through some of these things, and one of the people in that video. Uh, notices their message and they get in touch with me and what ended up happening is we ended up having a really really incredible conversation on the phone for like an hour mm -hmm. um where we got to know mm -hmm. each other he was a high school senior at the time and oh, his wow. experience in high school reminded me so much of my own he felt very alone he felt isolated he felt bullied i had a conversation with him uh then i just wanted to have conversations with more and more people whose yeah. hate screenshots I had collected that turned into the podcast conversations of people who hate me. The only mm. um, epilogue of that quick Genesis story is that then I wanted to expand the show and I started moderating conversations between uh, two parties yeah. who were not me, who got into it with each yeah. other online. That's great. It is such an interest. Oh, I'm sorry, Brent. It, it is just it really interesting in that like we've all received our fair share of hate. Yeah. And like, I think... I think we all, I mean, the three of us definitely deal with it in different ways. I love it. Mm -hmm. I I love getting any kind of hateful message. Mm -hmm. Not it's not an invitation to send me hateful messages, but mm -hmm. I don't I I'm not I'm not wounded by like a bad comment on the podcast mm -hmm. or like a review or like anything like that. It doesn't really get mm -hmm. to me. And and I would say like these guys definitely probably it's a spear through the heart. Yeah, they take <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. They take so it. I, to I the don't heart. read them. I read yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. don't read. Whereas anyway, I have I have no problem doing it. Whereas like I think because we mentally dis I mentally disassociate myself and realize that the hate is coming from a more sad place within them. Like yeah. it's a there's something in their background. Did you find do you find that with some of the people who send you hate that that's where it's coming from? Totally. Well, quick question because uh, everyone was sharing how they take the hate. Elliot, how do you take the hate? Uh, just the same as Brent. Well, actually, that's not true. Yeah. I mean, if it's, well, no, just it's the same as Brent. Oh, I really can't handle it. Um, yeah. But I, so that's why yeah, I really yeah, don't. Yeah. I, I don't read comments, and and it's just it's too brutal. It's just too brutal. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, yeah. I totally get it. Well, but in terms of um, to your question, it, I I think. You know, there's not one monolithic story of them being sad. And I think, you know, this is something that my friends certainly warned me. Mm. Or, or when I was first experiencing this, I had a lot of friends who would soothe me by telling me they're just sad, lonely people. They live in their right, mother's basement. Right. And I think that's a fantasy we tell it is. ourselves. It is. Because yeah. it absolutely is. The really <laughs> troubling thing, I'm just adjusting my seating position here. But the really troubling <laughs> thing is that the so totally anonymous vitriol online, many times it can come from people who are hurting on their own, right? And mm -hmm. and they're I've definitely found that many times where they're like, I felt lonely, so I took it out on you. I felt insecure so i took it out on you and i just celebrate those moments because if someone's yeah. going to be that vulnerable with me it's like great 100 percent. this feels like we're connecting and this that yeah. to me is an apology itself again because we're also talking about a system a, platforms that encourage us to spew this negativity even yeah. us even among our own community especially among our own community and, and we can get into that um, but I think that uh, the alarming thing is that, in fact, many of uh, a lot of the times my guests have really robust social lives mm. and mm. Yeah. they're just literally social media users who have access to a keyboard and social platforms that are asking them to share mm. what they're thinking as soon as they think it and yeah, yeah. access to the people who they think those things about in an ecosystem where there's a new person to hate every day. And, and they're, and, and I they're think also- that's what- <clears throat> Sorry, I, I mean, I was just gonna say, and the medium now 
also allows them to feel like they can get through more than ever before. You know, even if they're not getting a response, I think firing the bullet is enough for them to feel um, like emancipated enough to, you know, or they they can feel like they can actually do it and get away with it and that it will make some impact even if it doesn't reach the person. that, so yeah. that I think th- I Completely. just I just think it's I think it's it's beyond just the idea of like people in uh, their parents' basement. It's not, that's not the internet anymore. It's which, by the way, Elliot is in. His I literally am. Right literally, now. That's so true. He, he literally is. That is <laughs> Again, amazing. Here's the twist. Elliot, it's you. I'm nice. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Dylan. How often are how often have you? Because I I think this is a really compelling and exciting and interesting idea. Thank you. And I did some. These guys have heard the story a million times. I, but I did some canvassing uh, mm. during the midterms, uh, a lot actually in 2018. And and I just remember being absolutely struck with how like engaging and polite and kind all these Republicans were. Totally. And you know, in my head, because of Facebook, you're like, oh, everyone has guns and everyone's mad and they're gonna scream yeah. at me and they're gonna. I'm going to get shot. And then in reality, you're like, no, they're people. And we disagree on some, you know, some pretty fundamental issues. But how often are you getting on with someone uh, who, quote, hates you? And and you're like, oh, there really isn't a whole lot redeeming about this person. Or is that almost never? Um, Great question. And I think the truth is there's such a filtration process to the podcast because they need to be. 18 years or over they need Mm -hmm, or they're under 18 but their parent consents to them doing the recording you know so which is a bigger hurdle almost um they need to be down to talk and then there are a lot of conversations that i record and i don't release for a variety of reasons so when you finally get on the podcast or even when you finally get on the phone you know, it's a pretty self-selective group of people who are down to have the conversation know that it's not a debate show. So I'm not looking to like debate them. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not slam them, but also like I'm uninterested in debating them about capital T capital I, the issues, because I think there are a lot of shows and media that offers that. And I'm much more interested in hearing about the human side of where they were when they wrote that comment, why they wrote that comment, how it, that I hope they listen to how I feel when I receive that comment or my other guests who receive the comment when I'm moderating. And I, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you bring up canvassing because so many people who do deep canvassing, you know, the like high, like high intensity, like spending a lot of time with someone, they reach out to me about the show because it's so, when you knock on doors, you find the same thing. And what is so not online about that is yeah. that when we're online, we're n- there's very little encouraging us to see the three-dimensional human on the other side of the yeah. screen. Whereas like when you knock on someone's door, you literally see their welcome mat and you see a yeah. picture in yeah. the background and you see their like- jack-o'-lantern. Totally, yeah. like you see these little yeah. pieces of shrapnel of their lives. And you, even if you vehemently disagree with them, and even if they're really yeah. rude to you, you at least are like, well, I'm not going to punch you in the face right now, which digitally right. we can do. We can yep. digitally punch people in the face very easily because I'm not standing yeah. in your doorway right now. And yeah. I don't see yeah. that you have tea on the oven. And I don't see that you are watching reruns of Golden Girls, you know, like yeah. in yeah. Um, on TV. man, after this podcast, <laughs> at least two out of three, but... You know, it, yeah. it's interesting because there was um, there was a Reddit page that I discovered recently mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, fairly dark and it got some attention mm-hmm. in the media. It's called the Herman Cain Awards. And it was basically mm-hmm. about, you know, it's a, it basically it's screen grabs of anti-vaxxers who ultimately got COVID mm-hmm. and and then generally died from it. And and it was, you know, it's it sounds horrible yeah. and it was horrible, but there also was a part of you that was just kind of morbidly fascinated with these totally. folks and how the other side lived. And and I ended up yeah. going to it a, a lot for a short period of time. And I started occasionally, you know, everyone was uh, blocking out names and stuff, but yeah. they didn't do it uh, consistently enough. And you could occasionally find these folks online. Yeah. And you would go to their profiles and you'd be like, wait, this is a person, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, sure. They made their bed and, and mm-hmm. you know, they should have gotten vaccinated. 
mm-hmm. but this is a person they had kids they had a family their family always you know loved them very much yeah and yeah. they you know outside of the political memes that i might disagree with they were you know yeah good honest decent people and and that's when i um ended up writing a comment to this reddit that mm. was that received more vitriol than i've ever <laughs> received in my life but uh yeah uh, but yeah, so no, I mean, I think there's it's no important. Sorry, God. Yeah, there's no empathy for that. And there's a great documentary now that I just watched this weekend that sort of applies just to what we're talking about. Fifteen minutes of shame. Just watch. Which it. I think a lot of people yeah. are they they they're they're calling it like a cancel culture documentary, but it really isn't. It's about online vitriol, mm-hmm. and it's about that impulse that we have to <clears throat> sort of get someone mm-hmm. or like yeah. you know get back at someone or call them out or cancel yeah. them in their own kind of way, and. The, the the documentary does a really good job of sort of talking about why we do these things, yeah. why these things, how these things have grown with the internet yeah. and yeah. the the repercussions of some of them. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really like, even like with the, with the COVID thing, like hmm. I don't understand anti-vaxxers take, I don't get that. I don't hmm. get where they're coming from, but I also never have been on board with the idea of like publicly shaming them there's so many articles yeah. about that and it really just kind of blows my mind that yeah we go that i think low. that the, there's yeah. I, like the way that yeah. i see it in terms of what we're talking about like I, I i do feel like there's two polar ends of the internet now one is to call people kittens no no one is to call people mm-hmm. um <laughs> hypocrites and to get them to admit they're hypocrites which they're never going to do but that that is one right, end of it. one right. end of it is to get them to be to announce that they're hypocrites, which is not going to happen. The other end of it yeah. is the mm. virtue signaling, where at the the end of the day, you want to appear as the most empathic human being possible, and that you yeah. above all others has considered the widest spectrum of people because you have yeah. the most empathy. And uh, th- yeah. that's that's kind of how I see it now. It's hypo- hypocrites and like full blown empaths. Yeah. That's just, yeah. yeah. Or performance mm-hmm. of empathy. Yeah. I mean, I think empathy is such a like buzzword right now. Yeah. And obviously, like my work is literally about like engendering that. And yeah. so the fact that it's a bu- buzzword, I actually only think is good. But as long as we like I'm aware, um, you know, like my, my whole th- the mantra that came out of the podcast is this idea that empathy is not endorsement mm. and i think people flock mm. to that phrase because it's alliterative and it's because it's quick and empathy is not endorsement rolls very off oprah. the tongue very mm. oprah mm-hmm. and yeah. so i think like what i'm also doubly aware of is that while i also still stand by it i created that mantra as like I mean, I didn't create it thinking like this is a mantra for the people. Like literally I wrote it in my notes app because I needed to essentially make a note to myself to give myself a permission slip to keep going with this thing because it is a mind fuck when you are having conversation after conversation with people or as you were saying, canvassing and you're like, wait a second, I don't understand what's happening right now. I really, really, really like these people, and I really, really, really disagree with a lot of what they're saying. Caveat, of course, I'm also talking to people on our side who also send hate, and I'm interested in that too. So that's a little different. Yeah. yeah. But empathy is not endorsement was this whole idea of like, you know, um, you can empathize with someone and empathy itself does not endorse what that person believes totally now i I say that not just as a tangent to talk about a mantra (laughs) that is on a um (laughs) shirt in the merch store but i think because (laughs) i I, go check it out um what if this was just to sell that one t-shirt and i end the interview right now um i gotta go 10 percent yeah maybe we'll see we'll end the interview um but i think that I'm aware that I have submitted a phrase to the empathy industrial complex as I see people calling it these days. Yeah. I still believe in and stand by that phrase, but I think empathy is an action and it's not just mm. like a sticker, it's not just a tweet. I think um the thing I'm starting to say or recently articulated to myself is I really don't think that empathy is something that can be taught. And I th- certainly mm. don't think it's something that can be like engendered. They wa- that's, but that's, I think people want to like, they want to, uh, not just teach you, they want to shame you into being as empathic as them, which shame is crazy. Yeah. Which is not going to work. And you want to talk about then the circle meets because then the hip hypocrisy yes. people pointing out the hypocrisy of that would be 
Correct. I think the the what I'm trying to say about empathy is that I don't think it can be taught through mandate. I do believe that you can help people build the spaces where empathy thrives. And conversation, I have found one-on-one, offline conversation is an amazing way to engender that empathy. And I'm not saying that it's like, I am just an amazing saint. And through these conversations, I have decided to empathize with Well, that's something I want to ask you about. Well, I I mean, this this podcast is called You're Making It Worse. And I feel like everyone listening to this conversation is going to be like, y'all are hypocrites. Your (laughs) podcast is about hating people, which I mean, it isn't, but it, I can see how people mm. can go there. So well, you can be but, critical without hating. Of someone. course, of course. But I'm just saying, like the average listener, we are called. You're making it worse. Yeah, We're yeah, being yeah, pretty yeah. critical. Mm. So yeah, like, yeah. it's it's calling out our own, not our own hypocrisy, but like, it, you know. But before we wrap up, I just really want to know, in sort of a fun way, like, because it is sometimes really fun to hate someone. It really mm. is fun. Yeah, there's a to sometimes to it. just fucking hate someone like right now i'm dealing with car dealerships and i hate every yeah. fucking straight <laughs> car dude every fucking straight car dude which is i every want to car strangle yeah. no well no no because we the boring gay we had we had on the podcast before he's a massive car loves guy cars. he's gay oh. big car guy he loves cars i, I love anyone who him. works in a car dealership is heterosexual but, but yes, so I, I wanted to ask you who do you really hate? Like, just if you had to choose one person mm. to like, just hate, there's got to be somebody who who's unrepentant enough where empathy is not something to yeah. forget about uh, teaching them empathy. I mean, you can say Alan, you can say, you can say me. Yeah. Alan. And that's why I wanted to come on here. Um, <laughs> this is this is my long con. Um, I played it coy, Elliot. When you reached out, and I was like, "Oh, sure, yeah, my plan is working." Um, oh, I had like dollar talent. signs in my eyes. I started bleeding. You're not going to um, get mud from Adrian. <laughs> um, well, I think is there anyone I truly hate? This is going to be such an annoying answer. Like, I think, um, well. Okay, I'm gonna answer it in the like caveat I always give, which is that I like none of this stuff is a mandate, right? So like there are people that have been truly unkind to me, and then as I've mm. pursued them for a conversation, they have continued to mm. be unkind to me. Right. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. no longer worth my energy. Right. Do you know what I of mean? Course. Like, yeah. and yeah. there are also like I've gotten death threats. I've gotten really just like cruel, cruel things. I genuinely believe that someone should call that person in with love. And I think that someone should catch them. I am not the person for the job. And that's what I see to all my guests when like we're having conversations about, you know, like when I'm trying to pursue a guest for a moderated episode. And, you know, a lot of people, especially women, especially women of color, especially black women are like, I just get too much hate online and it's so vicious. And I fully understand that. I mean, that's a lesson I had to learn early on when I started doing moderated episodes. I thought a lot of people were going to be so excited to do this. And I also think it's important, a a very important thing for me to remember is that like, this is just not for everyone. And there are some people who are simply trying to survive in online spaces who have, Mm. who are not like, yeah, you know what I want to do? I want to like find the humanity in this person because they're dealing with such a torrent of such hateful abuse. And I fully understand why they're like, I don't have the energy to do this, but let me not bow out and let me try and give you an answer. Um, It could be the IRS guy. Like it could be literally anybody. There is one person in high school who did something, you know, as far as bullying goes, it's not the like worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world, but it was so humiliating at the time. And Mm -hmm. he has never reached out to me to, because I think the most devastating thing of all is I don't think he even remembers it, you know? Mm, but, right, like, yeah. he was just, like, a jockey, older, straight boy who yeah. one day um, he asked that I take a—it was Halloween one day. It was Halloween. Um, I was—part uh, he he part of his costume was wearing an athletic cup. 
and he asked that he take a picture with me and I was Waldo that year and I don't want to brag but <laughs> that was a very creative costume in 2003 um, yeah. but he asked I take a picture with him and then he pulled his as the picture was being taken on a disposable camera um, look it up um, I he pulled his cup out of his pant his underwear oh. and held it over my face oh. like oh. cementing Jesus. that oh. image in and you know it's different it's yes digital pictures proliferate more freely but i think there's something about the yeah. fact like now this is on a device and it's being developed mm -hmm. somewhere yeah. and yeah. now someone else has this photo that like it fills you with a shame Ugh, what an ass the way to like totally and i think so i i have such strong feelings of um resentment and hurt towards him that he and especially that he hasn't even reached out because i the here's the truest and saddest thing i don't even think he remembers my name right you know like oh, and yeah. i have to remember his well, he and probably i have, calls you tommy he, tommy yeah, yeah. I was trying to it's put, like actually was elliot yeah i was trying to put two <laughs> random words together and they came out tommy <laughs> listen yeah. honey it's my new stage name <laughs> i'm tommy Dylan. Dylan, you are you're really genuinely inspirational. Oh my and, god! And I loved Take talk. It. We loved talking to you and having. And that says a lot coming from Brent because yes. he doesn't find inspiration in anything. Mm, and yeah. this, except for like bat, like bathroom quotes. But yes, um, where can people find you online? Um, well, I'm. I've, I've kind of like taken a backseat to social media, um, but mm. I, which is very healthy. Recommend it to anyone who's wanting to try it. You can find me at Dylan Marin across all mm. social media. Dylan, your and, website uh, has everything. DylanMarin.com. My and website also has your new everything. Book. You have a yes. book coming out in January, right? So, yes. well, okay. Here's we don't have to get into this. You have lives to lead, uh, <laughs> but I just found out the book was delayed oh, because no. of the supply oh. chain issues oh, that we are yeah, all facing as. COVID. Well, COVID, I think COVID is part of it, but I, I, I don't know. There's a paper shortage. Anyway, uh, as far as I know, my book is now coming out in March. Um, but well, there okay. you, go. you can go there to go. Dylan com to find everything or Tommy. Just Google See what comes Whoa. out. Thanks yeah. again, Dylan. Thank you yeah, for having thanks. me. And uh, what a pleasure to be here. And another thing. So this was a very difficult topic to research, but I figured it would be worth the price um, to talk about poppers uh, because there's a, a new a new book out called Deep Sniff by Adam oh Smith, which sounds like a fake gay name, um, but uh, it's a book about poppers called Deep Sniff. Deep Sniff. Deep Sniff. <laughs> it's like a, a rich deep dive into the history of. Um, poppers, which are technically amyl nitrates, um, which used to be considered um, pain uh, relief for pain from from angina. Oh, which I, I, I always doctors. assume angina is pain in the vagina. Yeah, same. It doesn't same. make sense that it's not. Uh, every time I know like, it's wild. I'm like, oh, it's like that's like menstrual cramps or something. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. sounds like vagina pain. It does. Um, poppers for your vagina. <laughs> for your vagina pain um right. but anyway so poppers are used uh i'm sure a lot of our queer listeners know but poppers are used to create a sudden brief rush of passion that uh crucially for many gay men can help loosen the anal muscles yeah rent hold on for dear life yeah uh it's not on, but it's not this i mean this is from an article it's not uncommon for groups of men and sometimes they're straight friends on a dance floor to pass them around yeah. Um, and sniff them together. And I was curious, A, what your thoughts are on, A, if you've used poppers, and B, what your thought is on them. Uh, yes, I did buy them once. Um, and Elliot, obviously, I, I hope that you're going to be honest about, you know, starting of your course. day every day with yeah. a sniff, with a yeah. sniff, but... Uh, he actually uh, owns a, a brand yeah, of poppers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I bought him once when I, back when I had my roommate. I lived with my roommate Noah, and I told him about it because I you have to like keep it in the fridge or something. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Don't drink this." He's like, "What the hell is this?" And I told him all about poppers, <laughs> and he's like, "This." He was like, "This is a little worrisome," and um, I ended up trying it once, and I it I it instantaneously gave me a headache. Yeah. And I was like, this is just not, this is not for me. I'm not doing this. Yeah. I had the same exact experience. I tried, yeah. I, I, 
thought I would try them once. They instantly gave me a headache, made yeah. me dizzy. And mm-hmm. I truly, I have no judgment toward it, but I do not. I mean, you and I are both very vasovagal when it comes to yeah. dealing with things of the body and like things, all of that stuff. Yeah. So dealing with the idea of like sniffing and having a reaction already is tough. I could barely get through researching this stuff. Yeah. But I, had this I like how you texted us I, being I like, it. it's evergreen. We can talk about it. And they're like in the, pro- I know you're just sitting there like barfing the entire time. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I was getting very lightheaded. There are certain words on this podcast that you can use that are similar to like Pee Wee Herman's word of the day <laughs> where you can just see Brent and Elliot just like fall down like oh. rosebud. Like literally <laughs> they will just fall apart at the mention yeah. of the word. That's our word of the day. Helen, what's I, your experience like? Yeah. I have, I've of course used every drug known to man. Um, mm. And I, I, I mean, I have used them. Yeah, but I don't like them because I don't like, like I like drugs that like make me euphoric, that make me sort of okay. excitable and like happy and whatever. I've never seen you do drugs in my life, but yes, go ahead. You have never? Want. I've never seen you. Do well, drugs. I guess we That's met at a time sweet. when I kind of stopped using like I didn't uh, use any like party. Like I, you didn't know me when I was going to like clubs and stuff. Wow. Um, this is uh, fun. This is club exciting. kid moments in New York. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I so I did. I have used poppers, you know, here and there. But I just don't like that feeling of being like nauseous and dizzy. And it just makes me kind of nauseous and dizzy. And it doesn't really. Ugh, also, I'm not, I'm not I mean, I'm not the best bottom in the world. So oh, like, OK, it's, it's yeah. like. I feel like the, the it's more it's more for bottoms primarily okay. yeah so this is what i don't understand okay so th- so technically i mean i guess it's known that 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 poppers are technically more for bottoms because they loosen you up yes for butt sex yeah but what i don't understand and what i learned in doing this research is that it is a common <laughs> i'm reading it like it's i'm reading a, a journal of medicine but yeah it's, right it's a commonality for gay men in groups and sometimes they're straight friends to on a dance floor to pass yeah. them around together yeah. which is and i'm uh, like just wait absurd. well because it's like <laughs> well, to a- me it's to me it's absurd because it's like right. the drug is n- it's not like weed or coke or whatever like i get the party drugs but poppers are just like if they're for your butt I'm well, they're so not just, the they're not just being... for your butt. Yeah, yeah. They're not, not just for your butt. It's, it's like a, a it's like a muscle, it's like a muscle relaxant in a way. So mm. it just kind of, it just, it, uh, the intention at least is supposed to sort of give you this sort of delirious, like relaxing, not like a, not like, my, just a, a relaxing sensation. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? And, and, and on the dance floor, that can be fun if you're really laying it on thick to Enya, like Brent mm. does. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you have right. to get down and squat. Really dancing. Dancing until you throw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dance, like Brent's dance move is called Ornorco Flow and it's him squatting on the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, clutching his ass, hand. hoping that right, it doesn't right. fall out. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, he, here's the reality. I mean, there are some people that don't need any help uh, having anal sex, and Elliot is one of those yeah. people. So yeah. This has yeah. always been something. He has that, a he has a self lubricating bussy. He doesn't need. I will I will be a little judgmental for a second, and I do think you're allowed to be judgmental when it comes to drugs. I am from the Midwest, so I am familiar with what white trash looks like, and I always thought. <laughs> I always thought like the one drug that like the one drug you don't do because it's for down river white trash is yeah. whippets. And which isn't yeah. to say there's anything wrong with doing whippets. No, whippets uh, are, but like whippets are fun. I have no doubt they are, but like, it's just, that's like the trap. Like it's, it's I mean, don't do them. My brain don't do them. That that's the trashy right. drug. And whenever I see, people in videos it's like popping up on only fans occasionally now someone yeah. will be sniffing poppers really? in a video oh wow and whenever i see that i'm like it just looks like they're sniffing glue which is so low rent to me well but and sometimes the, their face and eyes are bloodshot and like the this reason is why it's low sexy. rent the reason why it's low rent is because a lot of times in the midwest <laughs> what you're seeing is not the result of whippets but the results of meth and they're using whippets to sort of continue that high whereas if you just Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not advocating this but if you just do whippets just in general it can be a a fun brain brain killing moment but don't do it don't do it don't do it removed i had my wisdom teeth removed i know i know what the experience (laughs) is like and i enjoyed it very much, but um, it, have it, you guys hooked up with other guys who have used poppers? Oh, I've oh, so never, much. never seen poppers. No, never. Wait, nope. wait that can, 
Are you kidding? I'm not. I'm not kidding. I've never. Oh I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, maybe I meet people who are a lot a lot classier than you guys. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's I so funny. Know. So no. the only experience you had with them is you using them once. Yes. Yes. Wow. wow. I I have had I've had. I've had many, many yeah, experiences yeah. of people using poppers uh, in my yeah. presence. You know, what's fun to note too, that in 1990, a group of lawmakers added it to, added poppers to um, banned products under the Consumer Product Safety Act. Oh. But then in, in 2021, the FDA last, uh, sorry, Pride 2021, yeah, this past uh-huh. year, the FDA literally put out a warning against poppers saying um, that it was that it increased, they saw an increase in reports about hospitalization and deaths from poppers. And that blew me away. I tried to find. Surprising. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's some straight math there. I feel like that's there might oh, be. Yeah. I feel like there might be something more happening there. Oh, feels, feels interesting. Feels bizarre, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't think. Like, I feel yeah. like those deaths had to come from something else, some other drug in their system, not just the poppers. Okay, so we we have anti-vax folks who think that public health. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Poppers are then... poppers are such a momentary thing. It's like it's not like a it's not like cocaine or meth or yeah. whatever that like you yeah. can actually like. I mean, I'm sure you can overdose on it, but you'd have to like. You'd have yeah. to take a lot of poppers to overdose. Yeah, I know. I it, that that's a fair point, but. but uh, this is probably the most important question of all, since we've sort of cracked open uh, Pandora's box when it comes to mm. Alan's drug uh, history. Have you ever had someone blow cocaine into your asshole? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to elaborate on any of that. Thank What would, what your, would your aunt, aunt say? say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Believe it or not, I'm also very vasovagal. <laughs> <laughs> my, my aunt Joanne would say, does a turf come with surf? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> very funny. Very funny. Uh, how about aunt Anne? My aunt Anne would say, I'll tell you who I hate. I hate Sheila down at Hallmark, who only lets me buy two <laughs> Precious Moments figurines because apparently there's a shortage. Oh my two. God. I have a shortage oh there my too. My God. Love it. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. And I am H. Don't quote me on any of the drug use, Scott. <laughs> <laughs>